0: Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Dr. Kate Lund, a licensed clinical psychologist and performance coach with more than 15 years of experience. She has specialized training in medical psychology from Shriners Hospital for Children in Boston, Massachusetts General Hospital, and Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. She's also an adjunct instructor in psychology at Bastyr University here in Seattle. Today, we get the gift of learning about a gift, Dr. Lund's new book, Bounce, Help Your Child Build Resilience and Thrive in School, Sports, and Life, which I hope is going to help us in various aspects of our own life, and particularly if we have or work with children. Dr. Kate Lund, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really
0: appreciate it. I'm feeling that we're going to be the ones who really appreciate this time with you because of uh, the work that you're doing and how all of this relates to our children who I think uh, even if they cause us frustration sometimes we still look at them as our greatest gift. And you are here to help us to really maximize on that, to really help us with our children to become a really strong, courageous, resilient. There's the word, resilient kids that uh, are going to thus grow up to be adults who are going to embrace and embody the same kinds of traits.
1: Yes, absolutely. That is that is certainly our goal.
0: And so you've come to this, and you, the big uh, gift that we have here, of course, is that uh, besides this conversation, there is this book that we can always refer back to. Your new book, Bounce, Help Your Child Build Resilience and Thrive in School, Sports and Life. So we have that as this important tool. And Maybe it's a good place to start to have you tell us why you decided to put this into a book and share it with us, Dr. Lund.
1: Sure. Absolutely. And that's a a great question. So I've had this longstanding interest in the topic of resilience, uh, largely as a result of both personal and professional experience. Um, As a child, I grew up with a uh, medical condition called hydrocephalus. And that caused a lot of time away from school, a lot of time in the hospital, surgery, that sort of thing, things that really kind of set me apart from my peers a bit, caused me to have to overcome and move through and beyond obstacles, that sort of thing. So I really uh, developed my initial interest in this idea of how do we really do that quite early in life? And then... um, you know, I decided to go on and become a psychologist. Studied psychology in college and uh, worked in the field for a bit and then went on and got a doctoral degree. Um, and so I've been working uh, as a psychologist for more than 15 years. And obviously, resilience has been a big, big part of that work. So that sort of, you know, intensified the focus. And then, of course, um, I have. Uh, children, 10-year-old twins, and uh, kind of watching them navigate uh, the trials, the challenges, the successes of the elementary years, uh, you know, really was the, the thing that pushed me. All right, I'm going to write about this. I'm going to figure out, you know, what we know and, and how to put this in a really sort of humanistic uh, kind of book that's accessible and actionable for parents, teachers, and coaches. So that's sort of the big story.
0: And that's a huge story. There's so many components of it. And starting with yourself and seeing how that all played out and, and comparing your youth with your children and thinking of it generationally and and thinking of your parents and what it might have been like for them. Does it feel then with this work that you do with all the research that life has more challenges for our children today than perhaps we faced in our childhood? Right. Yeah, that's another great question. And, you know, life has
1: definitely, I think, for our children uh, become more complicated in many ways. Um, You know, we've got the advent of sort of social media and we've got, you know, bullying that can take different forms, that sort of thing. We've got this high level of pressure to succeed and to win at all costs and to be the best when really I believe that our focus should be on, you know, building resilience, building competence within our own unique context um, and really that kind of, you know, takes the focus off of winning at all costs and being the very best at all times because really that's an unrealistic idea, um, and yet it does put a lot of pressure on children today. Um, so I do think life has become more complex, but, you know, there, there are also uh, situations, you know, kids can have challenges outside of the norm um, that can make things complex and that could make things complex back in the day. Um, like, for example, the the hydrocephalus uh, situation that I faced um, definitely made things a bit more challenging. But, you know, with the proper support system and with the proper tools um, and the proper sort of mindset and outlook, there are ways to move through and beyond those types of challenges, as there are really all challenges, despite the reality of, you know, what challenge is. It's hard and we don't want to negate that either.
0: And for yourself, as a child, having to go through dealing with the hydrocephalus, that's the correct pronunciation, Uh, right? Yes. Was that something that you found yourself being teased by children? Or was there a way that teachers and your parents helped to navigate that children were more understanding?
1: You know, I did experience some of that. However, at the same time, um, I had a very strong support system, a group of very good friends, um, who really supported me and, you know, acted like they didn't see anything different. Um, but you know, then there, there are those that I perhaps didn't know so well. And, you know, the reality for me was that my appearance was somewhat different. A lot of times coming out of the hospital, you know, they had a strange haircut or, or whatever. And, um, you know, my, my eyesight was a little bit off for a bit, so I had very big glasses. And so, you know, there, there was laughing that went on, but, you know, somehow the, the support system that I had on the other side of that um, helped me to really see the child or the, the person that I was and the things that I could do and really focus on those as opposed to the things that were challenging or hard. So I was, I was fortunate in that way, and um, I think that's really um an important piece of what what helped me to move through and beyond. In addition to playing sports, I was a tennis player um, back in the day, and many of my friends were involved in tennis, and I was very lucky to be able to bounce back physically after each setback to get back on the court, and that really, really helped me.
0: And I can feel like there are all these threads that are weaving in and out and creating this uh, wonderful fabric, if you will, of how all these things work together. Uh, And that's why, again, I think this book, Bounce, is such an important tool because it helps parents, educators, all of those working with kids to to grapple with all this, get all this information together and know how to use it to its best advantage with our children.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that was, was one of my big uh, intentions with the book was to really, um, you know, as I mentioned, make, an, make it an actionable, accessible guide where folks could really look at resilience from a little bit of a different angle and come away with some specific um, ideas of what fosters resilience in our children, and how do we actually, you know, build that over time? And the over time part is is an important thing to mention because, you know, it's a process; it doesn't happen
0: overnight. And and that is the thing, maybe to, for people, for parents, initially, because we're the ones with these little kiddos, kiddos to begin with, is to understand that and to find ways to nurture that within them. And, of course, you're providing that, those guidelines for us.
1: Right. Absolutely. So based on, you know, my own experiences, my experiences as a as a psychologist um, working in a lot of different uh, domains, you know, hospitals, community uh, health centers, college universities, that sort of thing, um, you know, elementary school settings, really to come away with What are the things, you know, and also based on the research, of course, but what are the things that have really popped out at me as the things that allow children to build resilience early in life and to move through and beyond those challenges that they're inevitably going to face? And so that's how I came up with uh, the seven pillars of resilience, of the resilient child that are outlined in the book. Um, And those are sort of um, the framework of the book, and we include, um, you know, hopefully very easy to follow strategies at the end of each chapter relevant to each pillar of resilience, and that's sort of how we we designed it.
0: And when we think of the word resilient, we think of that as being, having a bounce kind of uh, aspect to it, don't we? That if we're resilient, we're able to have something happened, happen to us, but yet we can just kind of get past it or uh, deal with it and and move forward. So it has that kind of a an elasticity to it, doesn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's really at the core of resilience, this ability to bounce back from challenge. Um, you get knocked down by an obstacle and you find a way to... Get back up and move forward sort of around the obstacle or through and beyond it, despite it, um, because, uh, you know, it's not going to hold you back. And really, resilience um, is important for kids in that way. And it really, when kids uh, start building resilience, they become resilient, they're really able to think about, hmm, what's possible for me? And how do I, you know, how do I get there? What do I have to do to get to that point? Um, And so within resilience is really also this idea of, um, you know, helping kids to maximize their potential um, and maximize their potential within their own unique context. And that's a really important point because we're all coming from different places, right? And we're not all good at the same things. And really helping kids to get in touch with their strengths, and use those to their advantage, whatever situation they're in, that's sort of at the core of it as well.
0: Oh, that is so excellent uh, because we might find that uh, certain some parents might want their child to then be uh, either something that they weren't able to be as a kid or, or they want them to be another one of them and not look at the child's own talents and gifts and what they may be having that uh, desire to pursue and learn, and which may change along the way. But uh, that's a critical part of it, isn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely. And sort of, uh, yeah, not putting your child into a box or into a certain paradigm, like you have to do this, you have to be a baseball player like I was, or you have to be a tennis player like I was, or, or any sort of thing. Uh, Really, we want to expose kids early to a range of different um, activities and um, you know, opportunities such that they can sort of gravitate towards where their aptitudes are, where their strengths are. And, um, you know, find ways within that to develop those skills if they have a passion. Because the idea is that um, passion and finding that passion is important. Um, And as parents, if we can help sort of guide our children in directions where they seem to be gravitating, that's going to be much more useful uh, overall and in the long run than it is to put them in a box and say, you are a swimmer, you're a baseball player, you're a mathematician, um, when really maybe the passion isn't there, the aptitude isn't there, and those things have to come together.
0: All of that making such wonderful, great sense. And thinking of it then in terms of yourself as a child, and it would be, there would be so many challenges uh, with having gone through the surgery and coming out of the hospital and perhaps parents wanting to coddle you did all any of that come along or were you all, w- were they observing this and knowing that you needed to uh get back into your sport something that you loved
1: yeah you know uh, there was a little bit of both um i wouldn't say coddling um but definitely there was a um Uh, protective approach um, particularly uh, from my mom so yes I was able to get back into uh, tennis very quickly after each um, you know hydrocephalus episode but um, it was under her sort of watchful eye for example if the temperature was too hot in her mind she'd make me come off the court and rest you know so there were there were definitely parameters around it but in the big picture um she definitely pushed me to get back into things, and my dad did as well um and to really uh do everything that I could to you know maximize my own potential in whatever moment it was
0: and so as it was, the, it was a mix <laughs> so as an adult and and now as uh as a psychologist looking at that it, and any of us reading it can appreciate it, but as a child, was it feeling like, how did it feel for you? So
1: it it felt, to be honest, you know, when those temperatures rose and all my friends could keep playing, uh, but I had to come off the court and rest, it was frustrating. Um, and it was, it was challenging for me, but at the same time I was able to understand why, um, because, you know, I had been through the challenge um, of the hospitalization or the surgery or whatever. Um, so I got it. But yet it was it was frustrating. And, um, you know, it wasn't frustrating to a point where it shut me down or anything, but I, I noticed it for sure.
0: And so it feels as though uh, when you were mentioning the pillars of the resilient child, that uh, one of the pillars being tolerating frustration and managing emotions, that might have been what was going on for you at that time
1: absolutely yeah you know and sort of you know tolerating that frustration in a way that I was able to know that this was sort of a short-term solution to you know making sure I stayed safe that sort of thing and that you know the next day I would be able to get back on the court Um, you know and it's such an important piece because really if Four kids, frustration uh, starts running out of control, emotions start running out of control, Um, it can really shut a kid down. And I was lucky in that it didn't shut me down. But, you know, we we can think of many situations where um, these things would shut a child down. I mean, think about, you know, a child in the classroom and they're maybe a bit anxious. They're encountering a math problem that perhaps last night they were able to accomplish at the kitchen table, no problem. But today in the classroom, for some reason during the test, it's just really, really hard or it feels hard and their mind is going blank uh, because they just can't figure it out in that moment. And then at that point, sort of emotions can start to spin out of control, might get frustrated, and that child might just shut down. So if we can arm kids with, you know, any range of mindfulness-based techniques, Um, that can help them to modulate those emotions, self-regulate them in the moment. Um, We're really going to be helping to set them up for greater success, Um, you know, in those moments of frustration and emotions spinning out of control in the classroom, on the playing field, in a frustrating situation where your mom is pulling you off the court because it's too hot. You know, any, any number of situations can cause this to happen. And for kids to be able to manage those things such that they don't spin out of control and shut down, so, so important.
0: And this, of course, would start at a very young age, or if it hasn't, can we start teaching this and and uh, developing it in our children uh, during elementary or even middle school? Absolutely, yeah. You know,
1: of course, we'd, we'd like these um, sort of, you know, tools and techniques to be introduced as early as possible, modeled as early as possible by by parents and and teachers and coaches. But, you know, it oftentimes doesn't happen for for a variety of reasons. So absolutely, we can introduce these things in elementary school, in middle school, in high school even. Um, And, you know, as a child uh, grows and matures developmentally as in, you know, a place to really integrate these things, um, you know, oftentimes will make them more useful. Uh, so that's an important point too. But exposure early on is is very very helpful.
0: And ideally, having this start at a young age, right there in the home, and finding. Uh, A school environment that is really supportive of this would be and and then if we're having our kids involved in sports to have all of everyone on the same page that would definitely be the ideal
1: absolutely yeah you know sort of introducing the ideas of uh, emotional self-regulation taking deep breaths, calming down at very young ages, and then integrating more and more tools as the child gets a little bit older. But having these um, ideas, the tools, the techniques, top of mind for teachers and coaches um, as well is extremely important. And that's why I think sort of introducing um, curriculums that help kids to tolerate frustration, manage emotion, Navigate friendship and social pressure, for example, is really, really important because at the core of that is this whole idea of building emotional intelligence and understanding and embracing individual difference among their peers, you know, with understanding as opposed to ridicule and put down. That is so, so important as well. So having curriculums in the schools that foster these ideas and help kids build these skills is so, so important,
0: I believe. And of course, what you had just mentioned about navigating friendships and social pressure, Right. At the outset, we touched on that, too, because that all plays into uh, all the social media that kids encounter, the bullying that they can encounter. And so having these tools would help them to have a way to deal with it rather than to uh, really become overwhelmed in some of the very negative things that can go on in our children's lives.
1: Right. Absolutely. And, you know, as I mentioned, we really want to teach kids early um, and to help them early to build a sense of empathy, to, you know, understand uh, and appreciate the individual differences among their peers um, and not put the, their peers down because of those uh, differences that they might notice. And that's that's a piece that I really encountered a lot because, you know, I kind of look different. My appearance was was different after each surgery. I bounced back, but you know there were there were moments, and you know that that was something that happened. You know there was ridicule because oh your glasses look weird, or you have to wear a helmet when you ice skate. We don't have to wear a helmet. You know that kind of thing. And sort of leaving those things alone or wondering about them with curiosity as opposed to ridicule and put down so so important. And part of this process, you know, we want to help kids to also develop a sense of self-awareness, you know, as part of that ability to accept and understand those individual differences. um, Because if they don't understand themselves, how are they gonna understand someone else? Um, So building these skills early on uh, through, you know, any number of curriculums that are out there so, so important, um, particularly in the elementary years. And then moving into middle school, we can sort of build on the concepts that have been instilled early.
0: So let's mention all of this very critically important information can be found in what I feel is a really succinct book, Bounce, Help Your Child Build Resilience and Thrive in School, Sports, and Life. And of course, this book we can pick up at any of our favorite book sources, correct? Yes, absolutely. And we should mention also its availability along with more information at uh, at the website of dot com, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. there's There's some information on the book there as well.
0: So a great place for lots of resources. But the book, because of what we've been talking about, Dr. Lund, is to help us. I think it can even help us as adults. We'll certainly find different awarenesses that we can incorporate in our own life. But here we're talking about our children and helping them to really navigate all the challenges of life, because there's so much that goes on, and and to really be able to thrive, I think that's a key word that really comes out in the title.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Our goal with all of this, you know, sort of the whole idea of building resilience um, is really, you know, behind this idea of um, you know helping kids to thrive. Resilient kids are able to move through and beyond the challenges that they're inevitably going to encounter. And then they're able to sort of move towards their potential and thrive in really all domains of their life. And you mentioned a really good point in that all of these principles laid out in the book, the pillars of resilience that we talk about are applicable throughout the lifespan. Um, you know, it just so happens that this book is written from the, um, Perspective of the elementary student, but really, these principles uh, move along with all of us throughout our life, um, and it's just that the ways that they're um, illustrated and demonstrated, you know, might shift over time. Of course, they do as we get older, um, but very relevant for sure.
0: Because those that foundation is there, it's like this touchstone that we can go back to and say, oh look how I accomplished this or remind our child, remember how you did such and such and they're able to feel uh, encouraged, to have that courage to to try something different.
1: Absolutely, yes. And that's that's the whole piece of developing courage is, is sort of helping our children to try and do something that might seem scary at the outset or out of reach, but helping them... To take those steps forward, those small steps or big steps, whichever, to conquer their fear and sort of experience small successes along the way and then build on those successes over time. And that's really what, you know, gives our kids a sense of courage. And yes, we're able to go back to examples. Hey, remember when you did that? And gosh, it seems scary when you were just about to try it, but then you did it and you were, you were successful. It went well, or even if it wasn't successful, you got up and tried again because that's a huge important piece as well. Is helping kids to um, move past the fear of failure because failure is not a bad thing. Failure helps us learn, helps us to, you know, uh, become flexible in the way we think, helps us try things from different angles try again when things don't go well the first time. So it's all kind of wrapped up in this idea of building courage and being courageous in our lives.
0: And I can sure relate to that because I think of myself as a kid and skating was something that the kids did, but I was just not good at it and I'd fall a lot and finally I just walked away from it. And and that as an adult, feels like such a loss. Like, I I needed the encouragement uh, to to go back out there, and yes, you'll fall, and you might get bruised, uh, that sort of thing. But ultimately, we're going to find something that's uh, going to bring us some kind of joy or satisfaction, at least, I think.
1: Absolutely, yes. And so, Right, encouraging that child to get back on the ice when they've fallen six times and all their friends are skating effortlessly around. Um, You know, maybe on that seventh time, they're going to make it around the ice. Um, Or maybe it's not skating and maybe it's something else. And so, you know, it's, it's really important to help guide our kids to find where their strengths lie, find where um, their passions lie, and help them to develop in those areas over time.
0: And so for yourself, Dr. Lund, do you still play tennis?
1: Um, You know, I I don't play competitively anymore, uh, but I do play for fun, and I go out there with uh, my boys. Uh, One of them is getting into competitive tennis these days, which is kind of fun for me to watch. but you know it's it was his choice he he just discovered it relatively on his own so i'll go out and hit with them and it's great um but i don't play like i i used to oh
0: well that's wonderful anyway to have that kind of connection and just to be able to do a sport for fun and not have to compete right
1: absolutely yeah you know i'm i'm doing a bit of uh competitive golf these days and that seems like for whatever reason, a better fit for me these days. But um, you know, it's all it's all fun, and I I love going out there on the court with with the boys. It's it's great.
0: Well, I'm also thankful, and I think our reader, our listeners, who potentially will be the readers of your book, will appreciate this talent of yours that you've taken your psychology and your experience. Experiences and put them together for us in bounce. Help your child build resilience and thrive in school, sports, and life. Such an important uh, tool for our work with our children Uh, parents, teachers, educators, coaches, that sort of thing. So, Dr. Lund, thank you so greatly for your work and for spending time with us this morning.
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: And with that, we are at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Dr. Kate Lund and Sunday Morning Magazine with Dr. Arlene Diamond. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, please find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. All you need to do is click on the On Air tab, then Sunday mornings and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of being open about the things that matter and affect us in our daily life. Have a week of the same and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9, the station to pick you up and make you feel good. Good morning.